Hello world and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer and you are listening to the podcast Coulda Woulda Shoulda where I focus on not living in regret and forming high functioning habits. I want to inspire you to transform your thoughts for a happier and higher functioning life. We are what we think and we get lost in limiting beliefs. We don't eat well, we don't take charge of our money, manage our commitments and then wonder why we are stressed, overweight, in pain and unhappy with our lives. I haven't met anyone that can't change their mind. That's why I always say, see you on the flip side, as I want to journey with you on coming out the other side. Side of what you might ask? Well, that's up to you. Good morning, world, and welcome to the show. Shelly Shearer here. I want to talk about a very sensitive subject today, money and entitlement and making money behave. So many things have come up in my life and uh, the last little bit. As well as I have a you know get an insight into so many people's finances because it's what I do for a living. I deal with other people's finances in in one of my companies. I'm a I'm a bookkeeper and and those are the things that I do. And it's always interesting to me coming up against people and their attitude about money. Now I was lucky enough to be raised with a good attitude about money. I was learnt, I learnt, I was taught to manage it. In fact, when I was 18 and I got my first uh, credit card bill that had a debt on it of $500, my father made me take my car off the road until I paid it off. I wasn't, probably I could have fought that. I was an adult, but I was living under his roof. And it was a great example. I'm on a, on a, on a bus and, and working part-time until I paid that debt off. So I never went into life with debt because by 18, I'd already learned that that was a no-no. But it was openly discussed in our family, which is an odd thing for children of the 70s and 80s, to be quite honest. Money certainly wasn't discussed much back then, different, you know, generational issues, plus as well, spiritual, very religious family. And lots of people have an attitude that money is dirty. Uh, the love of money is evil, not money itself. There's nothing evil about money. In fact, God blesses many, many people with it because of the good they can do with it. Uh, we do have a, a world that revolves around currency. Uh, agree with it, disagree with it, good, bad, or ugly. It's the reality. So therefore, if you have money, there is a lot you can accomplish with that money. And I'm a firm believer, because my father raised me this way, uh, to whom much is given, much is expected. So I was never raised with an attitude of hoarding, um, which is funny because my mom is that way and she's married to my dad. <laughs> uh, I've got to just believe that over the years of their marriage that, that the, you know, they, they were balancing each other. But my dad truly believes in earning money, not having debt, having dreams, uh, and then, you know, saving and planning, but doing good with it. Money was never just in the bank to be in the bank. Other than, you know, he always had a bit of a, you know, a buffer. He always liked his buffer. Everyone's buffer is different. So I was very fortunate to grow up like that. Then going into adulthood, I also had to learn that my father's attitudes were a little archaic in the fact that you do have to have a certain amount of debt to buy a house. My dad was the believer that, well, I've helped you buy your first apartment, so you should never have to need for anything else. I was like, yeah, no, 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 I want more and I'm willing to work for it. But I was never allowed to mortgage a home that he had some of his money was in. So it really crippled me. But at the same token, it made me stand on my own two feet and say, well, then I'm just going to have to do this without you. So not quite the free ride I could have had, but uh, I 
I had goals, I had purpose, and I had vision of things that I wanted to see manifest in my life. And his attitudes, although were wonderful in some aspects, they also create a lot of limiting beliefs in my life and, and his own. I've told this story a hundred times, I know through, through my podcast, my dad wanted to be a millionaire, and when he made his million bucks, he stopped. The dream went no pa nowhere past that million dollars. Now, is he worth more than that? Yes, because housing, you know, they own property, these things appreciate. But he did nothing more in his life to earn that million dollars than once he got there. That was his comfort level. That was his dream. That was the bar he had set. And at no point in his life, in 50 years, has he ever reevaluated that bar or wanted to do more with it. So it's, it's very interesting how you can have someone that's such an entrepreneur and had such a gift of vision in some aspects, but then they limited it themselves in a belief structure because, well, my box is this big and I'm not going to get bigger than my box. My box was big considering I am, you know, a, a farm boy with a grade nine education. He already thought his box was pretty big, but when he filled the box, there was no comprehension or no thought of getting a bigger box. Okay, great. Um, I hope you are a person that believes from cradle to grave. Just get, let, let the box keep getting bigger. Matter of fact, just get rid of the box altogether. Raise the bar, dream big, attract what you want and need, and never stop learning and keep it going. It's not, I lived a life that, you know, I kept saying verbally, when, my, when I'm 40, I'll, I, my son will be raised and I'll be done. I guess what my friends picked up on was I'll hit 40 and then I'll start living. Well, you know what? I needed to have been living the previous 18 years while raising my kid. Granted, I did, but I must have limited myself somewhat because the language was always the same according to my close friends that give me good feedback. And I remember saying things like that, thinking that I'll have my freedom and there'll be things, I'll, all these things I'll be able to do once I'm 40 because Ryan will be 18. <laughs> Very silly, but anyways, you live, you learn. And now I'm in my 50s thinking, well, I'm 10 years away from retirement. Shouldn't I be done? That's a huge limiting belief that you can buy into. Um, I've chosen not to. Not going to lie and say that it, I haven't considered it. There's days when I'm living, you know, with my fibromyalgia and I have excruciating, excruciating pain and I'm exhausted. I just think, why bother? But I can only wallow for so long and then my natural instinct of, okay, we got this, just kicks in and I've got to, I got to be moving forward. But entitlement, I spoke on this a couple months back, is a curb that you will trip over your entire life if you do not get it under control. Because that curb will always be there if you truly believe that you deserve something. Now, I'm a big advocate of believing in yourself and attracting what you want. You do deserve the best. But if you have an entitlement is not doing what needs to get done to get what you want. It believes you have a right to it without the work. It's a free ride. You're free loader. You know, someone that's a trust fund baby, they feel entitled because they've got money. They've always had money. They didn't have to work for that money. It doesn't really have the value it has for a lot of other people. Therefore, they have entitlement issues. And that will cripple you if you are trying as well to control your money. So there is a podcast on iTunes that's years old. I guess this lady started it and never finished it. Um, oh, I could have that wrong. Actually, that one may be called Beautiful Money, but there's another one called Make Money Behave. I could be wrong. That actually could be a new podcast. And I just loved the title, loved the title. And I thought, yes, exactly. Make Money Behave. Because money is a tool. It is like anything. In my world, most things are objects that have a purpose. So I can go to the fridge 
and I can decide to, I don't know, open up another jar of, of store-bought pasta sauce and throw it on white pasta. No vegetables, no good quality protein, no salad, no fresh fruits that day, and eat that way or go to McDonald's and think I'm going to be healthy. I'm not. Or I can find food that is fuel. So there's the expression, you know, there's those of us that eat to live or live to eat. I live to eat. I'm, I'm very upfront about that. But I also believe that I have to eat to live. This is a machine and I put good quality gas in my car so that it doesn't get all gummed up and I put good quality food into my body because I have expectations of this physical machine that my soul lives in that cannot happen if I'm feeding it trash all the time, if I don't have discipline. That's actually a word that I meant to use in my last podcast was discipline. I was talking about... Um, finding a purpose and having a focus, dealing with depression and things like that. And then this entitlement and making money um, behave kind of this all were things that were going on in my week this week. And that was actually the word I meant, I meant to use in the last podcast. Discipline is needed in your life. All things, it has to be a mindset. All things happen because you put good habits in place, you educate yourself, you try your best to make good decisions with all the information at hand, but that requires discipline unto itself. And listening to this podcast with um, Brenda Bouchard and his wife, her name's left me, Danielle? No, that's not quite right. Oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, she speaks about this, about discipline, and it really resonated with me because a lot of the times we think that discipline is not needed. Now, I'm a firm believer that willpower will only get you so far and then you better have a plan. Okay, there's, you've got to have a plan. But at the same token, things are not going to happen in your life and you will not manifest what you're looking for if you do not have a certain amount of discipline. There are people that are more disciplined than others, but discipline at its core, at the base, is a necessity in life to have a very high-functioning, or in the case of Brendan's teaching, a high-performance life. It just, it just is. You can have all the desire and everything in the, in the world and get all the right habits. You may make the decision, but if you don't have the discipline to implement them or to carry forward or to have that at least a bit of willpower and discipline to enact those habits, when you often don't feel like it, you're not going to have the success you're looking for. And this becomes a huge factor in dealing with entitlement issues and with money. As with anything, whether it be your health or your, you know, your diet, <clears throat> your money, excuse me, <clears throat> your relationships, education, your job, there has to be a certain level of discipline involved. I sometimes think we're all looking for some magic bullet, bullet some magic pill that's just going to, if you do A, B, and C, this is going to happen. Well, I hate to break that to you, but there is no magic bullet or magic pill. In the end, you are still the common denominator in your life. You are still the one that has got to have the discipline to follow through on your decisions and your commitments and what it is that you want for your life. So let's look at that for a second. I still have to have the discipline to say, it is 10 o'clock at night. Do not turn that iPad on. You know it will wake up your mind and you'll have trouble sleeping. Plus, you'll end up reading an hour longer than your bedtime and then you're going to be groggy in the morning. There's a lot of cause and effect in that statement. But it started with the decision 
actually really started, yeah, it started with the decision to wanting better sleep and being healthier. Then I made the effort to educate myself on some of these things like blue screen before bed and junk like that. Then it required the discipline to implement my decision and my knowledge. They're hand in hand. You've, they've got to go together. Okay. So unfortunately it, you do not get to just <laughs> laissez faire away through your life thinking it's all just going to, you know, fall into place or that the law of attraction will absolutely just ensure that all your needs are met because that's a discipline unto itself as well. You making an effort to ensure that your mental verbiage and you talking to yourself, by the way, we all have an inside voice. And if you're asking yourself right now, what inside voice? That's the inside voice, just FYI. That as well as a discipline, a discipline of saying to yourself that you are going to change and that you want something different. Now, for instance, here's a discipline I might have to work on in the near future. I have changed how I'm podcasting. I'm standing uh, so that I get used to standing and speaking because, of course, I want to be speaking from stage. Uh, and I also was really feeling very uninspired staring at my computer screens. But now when I sit and stare outside into my gardens in the neighborhood, I'm getting a bit distracted. It's like, oh, look it, that needs weeding over there. And someone walks by and they wave at me. And then the delivery guy from Amazon just showed up a few minutes ago and I had to pause the podcast and, and answer my door. <laughs> so I'm not sure if this is the best choice, but uh, this might not be something, this may have to be something I'm a little more disciplined about. I'm not sure which, whether not to do it this way or learn to have more discipline of focus while I am standing and staring off because I could see this happening in a crowd. I'll get, I'll catch someone's eye. Someone might make a face, not even at me, maybe talking to the person next to me. And if Shelly's like stopped, Oh, I lost my train of thought. I better hope there's flipping notes up on the board uh, or on the projector. So you know what? Th these things can be funny or they can be serious, but they have to be part of your life. Discipline does have to make a, a play at some point. Now, there are people that take it very seriously. I mean, you look at people in the military. Discipline is very, very important. Uh, you can take it too far. Someone that perhaps develops an eating disorder and starves themselves and they, they believe they're having discipline over their diet. They're not. They've become obsessive. There is a very vast difference between those two words. So the reason I talk about entitlement being a curb you will trip over, if you walk through your life believing, I guess maybe a little bit, Sometimes it can translate into a free ride or that you believe that, you know, you get something for nothing or just the fact that, you know, you are entitled to every amazing thing on the planet. I want you to feel entitled to the best life has to offer, but you have to have the discipline and the ability to put actions into, into, um, into place to make sure that happens. Entitlement on its own is, is, is a very... What's the word I'm looking for? Destructive feeling. And so let's get back to money, making, you know, making money matter or making it behave. If you have an entitlement issue that you deserve and are willing to spend more than you earn to have it, that is a problem. One, your entitlement is tripping up your future of your life because you're going to live in debt your entire life. You're never going to get ahead. And secondly, <clears throat> excuse me, you are also um, not making money behave. You are not treating it with the respect it deserves and managing your life. So you're showing zero discipline in the management of that money. So you can see how, why I tied these two things together. Well, hopefully you can see that now. So making money behave, I believe you need to have respect for it. First of all, it doesn't grow on trees. It's probably an expression you've heard from your parents and grandparents your whole life. I know I did. Money doesn't grow on trees. 
But I really had to make an effort lately because my husband was getting very upset with me that I was portraying to the people around us that we were always broke. We can't afford that. And that kind of language, that's not good either. You really got to be careful about how you phrase things because if you're always talking the negative, that is what's going to manifest in your life. I believe in a abundance life, in an abundant life. I believe in abundance, period. I truly do. And there's friends around me that know that, that will say to me, I'm not sure why you worry. It always just shows up. And they are absolutely right. It always shows up. One thing I've had to learn since getting sick and, and us, you know, just really everything, expendable income and our fancy house all just going away was to readjust, to accept what we still did have and to manage what we did have. And I did not manage that the first year. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, we blew through savings so fast because we continued on with our life feeling entitled to our lifestyle. But I was missing a few zeros in my income that allowed for that, you know, that entitlement and those extras. <clears throat> so you, you don't want to be doing that. You, you do need to learn a balance. And I'm not saying this is easy. It is not easy, but it's absolutely doable. And a lot of it, once again, just boils down to you changing your mind, accepting and changing your mind. Here's another thing on awareness. And again, back to the book that I spoke about in the last podcast about the four agreements. Perhaps you've set out some agreement in your life unconsciously that you were taught that you didn't deserve things. I certainly had that issue with my mom. I was told right to my face once when I was shopping for a new townhouse, what makes you think you deserve this? Those words hurt so harshly for a woman that husband has given her everything uh, and has, who want, has wanted from nothing past her, you know, late 20s, early 30s. I was just like, wow, where did that pain come from but I didn't recognize that at the time I realize it now it was just her pain lashing out but it really affected me and it's like what do you what now luckily it happened when I was a little bit older and I was hurt but I didn't buy into it because I did deserve it I worked really really hard I was giving a good life to my son and my business was doing well I worked hard for for this upgrade in my home and I did believe I deserved it and I felt entitled to it for the amount of work I was putting putting into my life so can you see how those things are a little bit different than just feeling entitled to something you haven't worked for? I want you to wish for the best and, and want the best and attract the best in your life. But making money, money behave, I have worked hard at that in my life and the right from raising my son. So when he was little, he had three little mason jars in his, in his uh, bedroom. So he was given his dollar allowance and he had to put 10% into his jar for savings and 10% into his jar for the church, for Sunday school. When he went to Sunday school, he took his dime to Sunday school on the Sunday and he got the 80%. And he would save up and buy his Pokemon cards or later in life his magic cards, things like that. But I needed to teach him the discipline of charitable, you know, it's, not what we have it's not we sorry I'm, we need to share what we have in, in my aspect there's the part about helping others that the world is a better place when we all help each each other along saving for a rainy day you can't spend everything you earn one thing my father taught me very young is that if you live 10 percent above your earnings you will always be broke and you will always live 10 percent above your earnings and i have a unfortunate story in my own life that proves that to be very true so he grew up learning that. Now, unfortunately, he became a bit of a cheapskate a little later in life and had to learn to sort of unravel that little bit of, no, don't spend any money. And I had to teach him a little bit in life that 
spending less is not always the answer. I needed him to get through a phase in his life later and later on as a young adult that enabled him to want to earn more, to do better with his life. He didn't want to put it forth the effort to go out and have bigger dreams and, and have more in his life. He just kept cutting back his spending till he was, you know, living on ramen noodles and thought this was going to be his life. And I'm looking at him going, that you are, that is not what I raised. And that is not what I've taught you. And that is not a, a healthy belief structure. There are times you need to rein in your spending and, and in your money when things are tight or something has happened. But that is having an, an attitude of want and lack of is not a mindset I encourage anyone to adopt long term. Okay, if ever, especially the attitude about want, you may have to tighten the belt, but I still want you to still have a, a belief system that the universe and God will provide. All right, so he's going through that. It was interesting, that story coming up in my mind this week when I was talking with an acquaintance and they're spending beyond their means and their attitude was, yeah, I've always, I've always spent more than I earn. And I'm like, um, well, you're, you know, that's not healthy. You're trying to run a a much larger business now. You have staff, we have monthly commitments, and you're eating through the equity in your homes and the things you're doing. You're going to have nothing left for your retirement or to put your children through school. I really was struggling just kind of spewing that all out, but some of it was in judgment because it was like, whoa, that is a bad attitude. But their attitude is the, there is only one answer, and that is to make more money. And I will tell you right now that personally, I as well am opposed to that mentality being the 100% belief system. Yes, I believe in that mentality. I have that mentality. I wanted to teach that mentality to my son a decade ago when he was going through a tough time financially and his answer to everything was just don't spend anything else. I'm like, you can't do that. You've got commitments. And I believe, I could be wrong, but I do believe he was already a parent at this point. So it had to be his early 20s or mid-20s. So he had child support to pay and, and things to do and a car, he, you know, a vehicle to maintain. But he did, actually didn't have the vehicle. His attitude was just to get rid of everything. I'm like, well, you can't do that either, <laughs> okay? So there needs to be, you need to have an understanding of both sides of this argument and, you know, both opposing camps and find what is healthy in your life. But the attitude of always spending beyond your means because you feel entitled to what life, what that money buys you, and that's what I was sensing in this situation, and not managing your money, then it kind of steps into a belief system I have where why would God in the universe give you more if you're not managing what you've already been given? And I walked through this in my life when my husband and I started making more money, becoming more successful. I got used to having expendable income and sort of doing what I wanted. If I wanted to go to Vegas four times a year, I did it. I bought myself a new little BMW sports car. I did it. Um, I could afford it in my, you know, quote unquote, I could afford those payments or I could afford that down payment. I could afford those new clothes. I could afford Now I'm not a big shopper like that. You know where I spend my money vacations and want my wine cellar. So sometimes you, I can justify those things for me personally, because they're not what other people think are, you know, being spendy. The, you know, $10,000 sitting in the wine cellar was like, well, okay, yeah, so, <laughs> but then you don't think twice about going and grabbing a bottle and all of a sudden you're drinking your way through $10,000 of wine in a, in a two-year window, sometimes a year. So you, everyone's level is different. It's the basic understanding I'm trying to get across to you and the fact that getting back to a bit of discipline again, it is necessary. Otherwise, the unhealthy attributes of entitlement take place. 
or the unhealthy attributes of an attitude of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, plenty of bounty of, of having blessings, but still feeling you have the right to spend beyond what's being provided and what you're working for. Very unhealthy, very detrimental, very dangerous. Because eventually, that's why our governments are in so much trouble around the world and hell, actually the world, I mean, here's a little conspiracy theory, how we're being controlled because the bottom line is we are not managing our finances personally or as a nation. And therefore that means someone who is handling it owns our butts. And people don't really think about that. I need you to maybe just throw that in a, in a little hat there and pull it out and ponder it over a glass of wine one evening. If you are not managing what you have, someone else probably has a little more control over your life than you do. Now, my father's attitude was always why he was such a huge believer in having no mortgage on his home is that if it all fell apart tomorrow, and you have to understand, I have a father that grew up just outside of the Great Depression. So there is, you know, his story has been told in his head and by his parents. And so he's always afraid you can never be homeless. So he was always afraid that sorry, he always wanted to maintain that he had control that the bank could never come and take his house from him. That if things went bad, at least there was a roof over their heads, they could control, you know, how much food was being purchased. They could control what they purchased for clothes. There was lots you could control, but there wasn't much you could do when the roof over your head was taken away. So that was a huge driving force for him. Not is really not everyone's attitude these days. I have to say, I look around us. One, kids never leave home. They think they can just live with us forever. It's like, go on now. I've supplied a home for 20 years. Out you go. And, um, and secondly, that they need to save for it or they need to get ahead because they're just going to pay rent. But you don't, you don't gain equity. You don't gain for your future. You can make it work, but there's got to be a lot of savings discipline and, and such in that plan. Another whole topic of conversation. Right now, we just want to talk about the discipline of money and not having entitlement trip you up your whole life and ensuring that that puddle is just always muddy. People, most people I've ran into in my 27 years of accounting will say the same thing. Oh, I don't worry about money. And even my husband, he has no concept of money whatsoever. Love the man to death. He'll give you the shirt off his back. He is pathetic with money. It has no value to him other than spending it. And he loves to spend it. But at the same token, what I, what I mean is he does not place value on money. Money does not drive his decisions. If it did, he'd freaking have changed his job 10 years ago. He does not, it's not a driving force like it is for some people. It isn't. And truly for me, although I'm more conscious of it and more disciplined about it, it really isn't my driving force either. I've, I've had to recognize that in my life. I have given up clients over the years because I just can't stand going into work for them. It didn't matter that they were paying me a smoking amount of money. I had better things to do with my time. Okay. That's when you can tell yourself, yeah, you better figure out what's driving you because it's obviously not money. Otherwise you would do anything for it really to us. You know, everyone's got boundaries, but for the most part, you would do what needed to get done to have money. And quite honestly, I don't have that belief system. Right or wrong, I'm not making a, a judgment on it. It's just, it doesn't drive me. It, it can, if it drives you, then be aware of that and get a handle on it. But these things don't drive what goes on in our household. However, money is what we fight the most about in my marriage for the most part. Top three things. Yeah, I was in coaching with my girlfriend a couple weeks back. She's like, you guys have argued about money since the day you were dating. I'm like, yep, you're right. We have. 
So obviously, although I may not be driven by the love of money and, and money per se, I am still very conscious of it. I believe it needs to be managed and controlled and lack of it freaks me out. I have a, the belief system like my dad, you know, please don't take my house away from me. I need, a, I need that security over my head. I need to ensure that I have a home. These things are very driving. Some of them may be limiting beliefs that I'm not even aware of, but these are the things that drive me. So money and the control, the use of it and the proper management of it is very vital for me. Although I keep running into people, that's where I went off in the segue with my husband, and say it doesn't matter to them. In my 27 years of experience, that is a lie we tell ourselves. Because there is nobody that I have ever helped as a client that I have helped get out of debt, get them on a budget with their bills paid every month, that doesn't feel the largest amount of relief and subconscious freedom that comes from that ever. I, I've never, there not once in 27 years have I had someone say, oh, well, thanks for getting that all organized, but yeah, it's really not, I don't feel any differently. No. So that's how I know it's a lie because the second that problem, what they didn't even perceive as a problem is fixed and it's addressed and money is behaving for them and they have discipline and control over it, they feel a hundred times better. They feel this weight lifted off them and they have more joy in their life because they're not focused on lack of all the time or the fact that they weren't having the discipline not to spend everything that they made. So you can maybe take a, a something away from this of your own because this is about your choices and your decisions. I struggled hearing this acquaintance say there is no answer but earning more money. When I see a situation where someone is already already very, very stressed and is not sort of dealing with what's going on currently, I worry that that next level is going to trip them up because they're, they don't have a good foundation. They haven't learned to manage what's, you know, what's under their feet right now. I have dealt with, done this in my own life. You're reaching for the next project before you finish the project that's already done. And that kind of mentality is, can be very destructive. I also can, you know, look at lives and see things in my own life and other people's where I say, you know what, I appreciate that you have the mentality that, you know, just go out and earn more, attract more. But I believe it still needs to work hand in hand with having responsibility for what you do have because there are lots of ways to manage money. And that brings us back to nine times out of 10, there's an entitlement issue or an insecurity driving spending habits that don't even need to be there. It's not like you spent too much on good quality groceries this week. It's more like you went on vacations you couldn't afford or bought designer clothes you couldn't really afford when you needed to make payroll or, you know, there's other priorities in your life and you're not meeting those. You're always scrambling. I'm hoping I'm making, if you're not a business owner, this may not, uh, my analogies may not be super clear for you, but everyone has to deal with money. No matter who you are in the world, you need to deal with money because it's how you feed yourself and pay your rent or pay your mortgage. It's how you clothe yourself, how you get around, pay your taxes, pay the medical system, buy a bottle of wine. Money has to be managed by pretty much everybody. And even though you could say, well, not children. Well, no. Training for responsible behavior starts when they're little. Don't fill their heads with um, your story about we can't afford that. That's a tough one to overcome for, for, you, for that child later in life. Instead, teach them, teach them about choices and priorities. We're not broke, but this is what we have to spend. Where should we spend it? Mummy needs to spend it on groceries in this right now. 
And if there's a little extra and you want a treat or a present, you tell me what you think you would like us to spend the bit of extra on. That is inclusive education, not exclusive communication. Okay? Whereas we can't afford that, the answer is no. My granddaughter, for instance, and it's not even really about the money. Um, well, it is because I'm letting her choose how I spend it on her. Christmas times, she gets to decide whether she wants a gift or an adventure. She doesn't get both. It costs a couple hundred bucks to take her to Disney on ice. So if that's the adventure, that is her present. And there will not be $200 worth of presents under the tree as well. She always chooses the adventure. But then again, her love language is quality time. So I, I, I never even question it. But she also doesn't question the fact that she comes for her visit and there's not 20 gifts under the tree. There's always a few because of other members of the family and she always gets her stocking from us. But she never feels like she's doing without. She made a choice. She was had a great time, was thrilled with her choice. And I, I'm hoping my granddaughter's never heard the words, grandma can't afford that because I'm, I'm conscious of that. I don't, you know, again, here's, you know, a weird belief of mine. My parents looked after me. And I believe it's my job to look after them a little bit. I didn't, I grew up in the luxury of, and I'm getting older in the luxury of, I do not have to support elderly parents. They have the money to look after themselves. And they were what, who kind of looked after us when we were younger. And I had that same mentality. I just have to be careful with it because I don't have that kind of earning uh, as my, as my father does. So, but I, I can't do it in the same level, but I still have that same mentality. A little bit like when we go for dinner with our kids the kids do not pay like that's not happening if dad and I can't afford to take you for dinner we just won't go and I do I do not want my granddaughter to raise with that I don't want her thinking that her grandparents are an endless supply of money but I also want her to always feel safe and looked after and knowing that we are always there for her and to within the best of our reason we will help her get what she needs in life so anyways hope that makes sense all right I think I've nattered this particular subject right to death what do we talk on today? The curb that you will keep tripping over if you do not get your entitlement issues under control. Making manage, making manage money, making money behave. But in order to do that, we bring in the entitlement and the discipline factors. I don't believe that that is a standalone um, concept that can just happen all on its own. These things are intertwined in my belief system, in my experience anyways. This is just my opinion, don't forget. Uh, hopefully you will walk away from here with something to think about. But discipline is needed. It is a prerequisite to having a high-functioning life. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you again for joining me today, and remember to focus on not living in regret. I invite you to subscribe to my show so you don't miss a thing. You can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at either High Functioning Habits or Living Well with Shell. And I invite you to leave a rating on my show about what you like best or message me with something you'd like me to speak on next. Remember, willpower will only get you so far, then you better have a plan. <laughs>